the nerves can really, especially in the swim, can really take over um, for so many athletes. I think that's where most athletes struggle is they may be good swimmers, but the nerves take over and you get in that open water and panic sets in. And so if you can work on those things prior to getting to race day, you're going to be successful. Um, yeah, so I just, I mean, I had a great swim and I just pushed the effort the entire time. Um, my mantra for the swim, which is like the only time my mantra worked the whole entire day, it seems, was Finland. I mean, that was my focus was Finland. And that's what I just kept saying over in my head, Finland, Finland, Finland. And as I started to feel the effort slow, I would just like pick up my mantra again, um, try to find some feet to get on. Uh, push the effort as as long as I could and then settle back into a pace that I could sustain and then I just kept going through that same flow like as the effort slowed down I would just pick up the mantra again try to find so many feet to latch onto for a while and it worked out great had a great swim this is the very reason why you need to understand that thoughts and beliefs most often stem from something that's happened in the past and we need to allow that to remain in the past and pull upon the power of presence. And so I kept coming back to my mantra was, I am calm, I am light, I am calm, I am light. Um, and also uh, move the earth away, move the earth away. Something Lawrence had instilled in us um, during our bodywork sessions. Um, think about moving the earth away. So I just kept thinking about that. Um, and then seeing all the, the team out there really, you know, fueled my desire to get to the finish line quicker. So, yeah, I, I pulled it together. I was able to run as best I could on the day. Again, I was determined to be my best on the day. My best, not, not my best from years ago in the glory days, not my best of where I'm going to go in the future, not my best compared to somebody else. I was just going to be my best for myself on this day, because that's all that really mattered. My take on this community is, first and foremost, this weekend and what I experienced in real time was a vision and that I have been seeing for a very long time. And through patience and relentless motion forward, we saw the manifestation of that this weekend. And so when I say that Yogi Triathlete is the dream come true, it is the dream come true. It's here. And for so long, it, it wasn't here. It was only in our hearts and in our minds. And it's here. And so the power of that community is extremely, um, it's palpable and it's valuable to your experience as a competitor. Welcome to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. I'm Jess. I'm here with Coach Beege and Coach D. And we are going to smack down Ironman 70.3 Santa Cruz. All three of us raced alongside 16 other Yogi Triathlete athletes this past weekend. And it was, wow, so multi-layered and 
a successful race, uh, spoiler alert, everybody got through the finish line, made all the cutoffs, um, made goals, didn't make goals. Um, it was just, it was such a rich experience in community and athleticism, meditation, breathing, all the things that we are about here at Yogi Triathlete. So I'm psyched to have these studs by my side. And of course, Clark is here breathing heavy, if you can hear him in the background. We also have some construction workers next door that are putting on a new staircase. So we'll just see how this uh, all pans out. Thank God we have an amazing podcast producer, John. You are awesome. Waving your magic wand every week on the audio for this podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Thank you to all of our Patreon members who support this podcast in keeping it commercial free. Also, the Awake Athlete podcast, three seasons are out, short form episodes for your binging pleasure. That is also commercial free. And then I like to think that we've got some pretty darn good perks that you guys receive because of your patronage. So check that out, patreon.com forward slash yogi triathlete. You guys, we could not and would not do this without you. All right, Beach D, welcome to the show. Let's go. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> so good to be here again. I, I think this is going to be, or was, or is, and uh, is going to grow to be such a, a profound weekend for a team yogi triathlete um, in our community, where we just pulled together, as just mentioned, 19 athletes racing in a community um in an expanded community of not just athletes that we coach, but the community that is pulled together through the podcast, through these interactions uh, that we've made as we traveled across the country to get here six years ago. But also um, Daniel and his squad, the the ambassadors at uh, the Vegan Powered Athlete Team VPA, just this inclusivity of the community and bringing bringing everyone together, no matter you know who they coach with or train with, and. And meeting up and just um, just sharing in the energy. It's a good good vibe uh, group, um, and I just I get so much from it, and it lights me up. And I was just so looking forward to being up there in Santa Cruz for this team event, uh, which has been months in the planning. So I want to thank all those athletes that did sign up and took part in the race uh, under the Yogi Triathlete and Team VPA. Names. I think it was really important to to uh, to come together like this in a community after such uh, a challenging past two years uh, in the race in the race scene. So really lit me up. Um, and with that, I think we should just I don't know just jump right in and see like what each of your experiences were um, at this race coming together as a community. Um, first time where we've had a big triathlon gathering. Um, so I'll start with you, Daniel. What did you, what did you take away? What did you what did you feel from it? Um, it's hard to put into words. I mean, it was just it's it brings a lot of joy to be able to be in that atmosphere with that many like minded individuals. Um, yeah, and to be able to get together, you know, days before the race and be able to swim together, bike together, breathe together, meditate together, you know, go have coffee together. <laughs> uh, just being in that community and just, you know, learning more about all the individuals. And it wasn't just the team members, but families and friends and 
Um, like you said, people that are in the community of just from the podcast or, um, you know, from, you know, social media. So it just, you know, it was great to meet so many people. Um, yeah, it was just an amazing experience, an amazing time and just, um, great feeling overall to be just to immerse yourself into that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I echo all of those words. One of the really cool things that have has happened so naturally is this cohesion between Team VPA, which is a vegan powered athlete and Team Yogi Triathlete. You know, we are vegan. BJ and I are vegan. Daniel's vegan. Liz is vegan. Linda's vegan. All of our coaches are vegan. And it is a message that we share on many levels, um, you know, on the physicality level that an anti-inflammatory diet is really beneficial for athletes and that you can get everything you need on a high vibrational um, diet, like a whole food plant-based diet. And also from the point of ahimsa, which is, you know, doing the least amount of harm in any given situation to our bodies and to ourselves. And that includes the animals too. So people have have asked us for years, are you going to have an ambassador team? Are you going to have an ambassador team? Are you going to have an ambassador team in between the podcast and the Awake Athlete community and the book and the cookbooks and the coaching and the team? And the I just not sure that there's a space right now, nor does it make sense to have an ambassador team when we have Team VPA through Daniel which has um which is such a natural extension of what we do and it's really focused on the plant-based piece of it which is not a huge focus of of yogi triathlete but it is there um it probably feels like a huge focus with our athletes because we're always talking about nutrition within the team but this natural cohesion is just such a product of allowing you know focusing on what you want which is to spread these messages of meditation mindfulness and whole food plant based ahimsa type diet and daniel already had created through his own intense experience in his life by losing his mom, created this amazing community. And so those applications are are coming out. I think actually they'll even come out, like you can start tomorrow. applying tomorrow. Yeah, so we're recording this on September 14th. It's going to launch on Monday. But will they still be able to apply? Yeah, I think it's going to be open for 15 days or something like that. I think until October 3rd. It'll be open for 2023 team. Perfect. So if you're looking for an ambassador team, like go check out Vegan Powered Athlete. So anyway, my take on this community is first and foremost, this weekend and what I experienced in real time was a vision and that I have been um, seeing for a very long time. And through patience and relentless motion forward, we saw the manifestation of that this weekend. And so when I say that Yogi Triathlete is the dream come true, it is the dream come true. It's here. And for so long, it, it wasn't here. It was only in our hearts and in our minds. And it's here. And so the power of that community is extremely, um, it's palpable and it's valuable to your experience as a competitor. 
And so throughout this podcast, we've got some feedback from some of the athletes and we want to share. And so I'm going to start with sharing Stephanie, who is an athlete on Team YT that coaches under BJ's guidance. And she shared with me, and it goes along with this idea of community. This woman is such a warrior and she navigated an incredible amount of obstacles this weekend, starting with showing up to get a rental car and the rental car place was closed. And then she ended up having to pay like walk-up prices, which were astronomical, and then unpacked her bike and brought it in to get tuned only to find that there was a catastrophic break in the frame. And then she found a solution for that and rented a bike, which on race day was a complete fail and had to sit on the side of the road for 45 minutes waiting for bike tech. And she just navigated obstacle after obstacle after obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. I cannot even tell you. And if you were to walk up and maybe some people who are on the team don't even know that she was navigating all of this and they wouldn't have known because if you walked up to her and had a conversation, you would never have known what she was going through. And so I had the pleasure of talking with her earlier today and she wanted me to share that there was no way she would have been able to navigate what she navigated, start or finish that race without the yogi triathlete community and the experience that she had being around like-minded individuals this weekend. So I think that really sums up, at least in her experience, and I, I would say in my experience too, the power of community and what has been created uh, through us. It's truly, truly beautiful. You cannot measure it at all. All you can do is experience it and you will feel its power. So then the next thing would be, where are we going to be next with our community and what races we'll be at next? So we're, we're working on that. I think this really kicks off some amazing momentum um, in community, in coming together. So yeah, we're going to put out there um, some options for our team and see what, uh, see what resonates and, and where we'll be. But we're definitely planning on some things for 2023. So if you're out there and, and looking to to be a part of this uh, community, um, stay tuned. But also uh, understand that there's an opportunity to come and be with us sooner than race season next year. In January, we're holding a camp uh, on January 12th through the 16th here in Carlsbad. All the coaches will be here. We've already got some signups, people who have committed to come. And uh, yeah, if you want to come out and experience Southern California, in the dead of winter of the East Coast, <laughs> where we're originally from, come out in the sun and sand and, and get a taste for what it's like to be immersed in a in a in a community and vibration that that just feels good. And that's actually Stephanie, who you just mentioned. She came to camp for the first time last uh, this past uh, January and just really soaked it all up. And I think on the spot, she was like committed to camp for next year. <laughs> she just <laughs> loved it so much. So, yeah, really just really taking it all in really important to be in gratitude and appreciation for how far we've come and, and what we've, um, what we experienced this past weekend. Camp is like the Santa Cruz weekend on steroids. I mean, camp really is like an all immersive, like, I mean, cause it's just so full and packed, you know, we still, we wanted to do things together in Santa Cruz, but at the same time, you know, we wanted everybody to be able to get into the right mindset to race 
on Sunday. So it was kind of like a fine balance of like doing some, but not doing too much and like having time to socialize and having time to shake the legs out. So yeah. And camp's just completely just all immersive. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad you said that, Daniel, because camp is not a retreat. So no. the three of us are going to Maui. And uh, actually, Stephanie is coming to Maui too, along with Coach Liz and Chris Elmore. And pretty amazing. We're all going to be in Maui in a couple of weeks. Um, and we're going to be on retreat. And when we, when myself and Valerie and Megan build those, we build those itineraries, we build in a lot of space. We build in space for spontaneous creation, which um, typically ends up being extended meditation. Um, we build in time for people to be alone. We build in time for journaling. We build in time for whatever it is that that individual needs because on retreat, we go deep. We take respite from the world. We, we completely unplug. And we do unplug during camp, but it is camp. So it is a heavy load of physical training and we're doing meditation and we're doing yoga. So if you are thinking about coming to camp, something that I would recommend is come in one day early and stay one day late. So you have that time to land and decompress because it is a packed schedule. So uh, I'm glad you said that, but yeah, I'm super pumped for that. So let's get into, do you have something to say? Yeah, let's get into. All right, beaches, let's roll. Let's roll. Let's do this. Let's smack it down. Smack. <laughs> um, all right. Let's start with uh, Daniel. Let's start with you. Like, should we just go through the day? Should we take it by discipline? Let's take it by discipline. Okay. Yeah. Let's start with the morning and the swim. How did everything go for you? And anything that you find that you do uh, or did this past weekend that's really helpful setting you up for that swim? Yeah, when did I become a swimmer, I guess, is my question. <laughs> <laughs> the swim was my best discipline, so that's just amazing. Um, have a 30-minute swim, big PR. What was it, two-minute PR, I think? Over a two-minute PR on the swim. Um, and over seven minutes the last time I did Santa Cruz on the swim. So, yeah. Um, uh, the morning, I mean, I slept really well, so, you know, the last few races, I've just been so calm and I've been able to, well, Lake Placid, I didn't sleep well the day before, but here I slept well the night before and was really calm the morning of, wasn't rushed. Um, I think it was helpful to get to transition early and not be rushed. Um, so many people wait till the last minute and feel rushed to get, you know, all their stuff set up. But I got there early enough where I was, I was able to just like sit in front of my bike and just do a quick meditation before walking down. I think that was helpful. Um, and then, you know, in line for, um, the swim start to be able to do the breathing exercises that we, um, give to our athletes and we've practiced so many times, um, is helpful. Um, yeah, but I mean, I think it starts way earlier than the day before. Obviously, it was just, you know, of working on, because the nerves can really, especially in the swim, can really take over um, for so many athletes. I think that's where most athletes struggle is they may be good swimmers, but the nerves take over and you get in that open water and panic sets in. And so if you can work on those things prior to getting to race day, 
you're going to be successful. Um, yeah. So I just, I mean, I had a great swim and I just pushed the effort the entire time. Um, my mantra for the swim, which is like the only time my mantra worked the whole entire day, it seems, was Finland. I mean, that was my focus was Finland. And that's what I just kept saying over in my head, Finland, Finland, Finland. And as I started to feel the effort slow, I would just like pick up my mantra again, um, try to find some feet to get on, uh, push the effort as as long as I could, and then settle back into a pace that I could sustain. And then I just kept going through that same flow. Like as the effort slowed down, I would just pick up the mantra again, try to find some of my feet to latch onto for a while. So, yeah. And worked out great. Had a great swim. Daniel, yeah, amazing swim. Like, yeah, two-minute PR, above two-minute PR. Amazing. Um, and I learned afterwards that you and Chris were both towing the line right next to me for most of the swim. And I had no idea, no idea um, until afterwards. But I was yeah, just... I could see you on the left side of me about, I don't know, 20 yards away on the left side. You were swimming out kind of farther out from the buoys. I was closer to the buoys. Um, but yeah, when we got to, by the time we got to the first turn buoy, I had lost sight of both of you. So I don't know where you guys went. <laughs> yeah, Chris had the same thing. Chris was like, after that turn buoy, I didn't, I lost you. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Um, yeah, my swim, uh, best swim yet. Uh, I came really close a couple years ago in Santa Cruz to breaking 30, which I've, Never done, um, but swim a 29, low 29, I forgot what it was, 29 something, uh, this past Sunday. So I swam, I swam my best swim and I didn't stop once, not that I normally do, but I just felt like I was always moving forward, uh, pretty quickly. Um, and to echo what Daniel was talking about with the breathing practice, I think doing it Friday morning, Getting in the water, breathing, doing the breathing practice that just let us in, and then swimming, doing some in and outs. Um, then Saturday, doing the breathing exercise, getting in the water on the right other side of the pier, where we're going to start the, on the actual race. All set the tone for what we would experience on race morning, which was a familiarity with the swim course for the, for most of them who, most of the athletes who hadn't swam there before, uh, Daniel and I had done it, um, before. So we, we actually knew, but there were athletes there that this was their first time. So I think that's set you up for a successful swim, a successful race day. Let's be honest, because it's the first thing of the day. And if that swim doesn't go right, um, man, it can, it can weigh on you for the rest of, rest of the day. I think it's important for everybody, whether you're seasoned or not to get in the water the day or two before, if you can, especially in a cold water race like this, because that panic does, once your face hits that water, it's like, <gasps> it's like the heart rate skyrockets and then that panic sets in. So, and we saw that, you know, on Friday, I think we were swimming or was it Saturday when we did our swim, you know, we saw some people that were a little panicky. And if, you know, they hadn't had that experience the day before the race, it would have happened in the race and probably derailed their entire race. And even standing in line that morning, the chatter in line, there's people behind and there's two guys talking and they were like, have you ever been in open water before? And they're like, no. Like, oh my God. <laughs> I don't know how this is going to go. You know, 
and they're you know up in our corral, so I don't know if they were great swimmers. Um, but even if you're a great swimmer, you know, you get in that open water, it's a different environment. It's a completely different environment. And that panic, you know, you think you think it will never happen to you, but it can. And I mean, I've been there before. I used to panic in open water all the time. It just doesn't happen, knock on wood, anymore. And I think that's the practice that I've, you know, been able to get comfortable in that environment and be calm going into it makes the big difference. Speaking about the uh, being calm, like it doesn't matter what pace you swim in a pool if you can't get calm in open water, if you don't have the tools, if you haven't practiced, if you're not um, present, if you, if you can't um, notice that your thoughts can, can carry you to places that will bring panic and anxiety. If you can't, um, if you can't tap into that, your paces in the pool mean nothing. So uh, again, the breathing practice, we'll post it uh, in this podcast, in the podcast notes. It's just so important to practice this stuff. And Jess took some time on Friday morning when we all met as a team to bring us through this practice. It took like 10 minutes, but it was so worth it before we just jumped in the water. So It's what we practice in, the, I don't mean to keep interrupting yeah, your, your no. speech, but it's, it's what we practice in the pool too about, you know, getting your heart rate up and then being able to swim through that to calm your heart rate while you're swimming and doing the deck ups and getting your heart rate up and doing, you know, it's like, so if you're on a program where you're just, just swimming in the pool with no like rhyme or reason, um, you're not going to be prepared. So it's like, you know, yeah, even if that heart rate spikes when you get in that water, are you able to calm yourself down while still moving forward? instead of having to stop and like hold on to the kayak or stop and float on your back or breaststroke. It's like, can you continue to move forward and get that heart rate down? And that's what we practice in the pool. Yeah. Uh, so true, Daniel. And interrupt anytime you want. Um, yeah. So back to my swim, I swam strong. I swam consistently. I sighted well. I, um, I, I really, now that I think about it, I was, I didn't have a mantra, but I just, I just kept saying to myself, this is so much fun. This is so much fun. And then pull back to pull water, pull water. I'm like, this is so much fun. Pull water, pull water, not pull water, pull, P-U-L-L, pull a lot of water. And I knew I was going to, I was going to break 30. I just knew, I don't know, just the way I was pulling the water. I just was confident that it would, it would happen. So yes, yeah, pretty uneventful swim in, in terms of, you know, the stuff that could pull my tension away, but really, 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 really impressed with it. Jess. I loved that swim. I loved that swim. If I look at my two races this year, Oregon um, and Santa Cruz, like Oregon was, Oregon was like so different because the current was moving so fast. It was like, oh my God, like it's got, I'm going to get swallowed if I, if I can't get my like arm, like my stroke count up. Um, this was this was just like, we swim in the ocean so much here in, in Southern California, and that's huge. If you live on the coast, like, uh, work with whatever fear you have that's keeping you out of the water and get in the water because she's just a welcomed friend. And one of the things that I find very helpful prior to swimming in the ocean is asking for safe passage and asking to be welcomed in and asking to be carried and that I'm there without an intention to harm that I'm just I'm just a visitor and I understand that. And so like Daniel said like we got up early 
And we got to, we parked the car. I think we, we had parked the car at like 4.20 in the morning. Transition opened at 5. But we sat in the car and we did a meditation. And then we walked over to Transition and we got in there. And it was just so patient and methodical. And I got myself all set up. And and then one of the things that I that I really enjoyed that morning, just that morning, it's not a rule, was that I walked to the swim start by myself. I actually started walking and then I was like, oh, I should see if anybody's around. Like, And I looked and I was like, I'm just going to walk. Nobody's around. Like nobody that we were with. I'm like, I'm just going to be alone. And I walked alone and then not thinking that I was just going to be alone in the morning, but then I ended up connecting with everybody and we walked down to the beach and it was a beautiful morning and the sun was starting to rise and there was light in the sky. And I stood in front of the ocean and I asked those things. I asked to be welcomed. I asked for safe passage. I asked for safe passage for all of the athletes um, on the team and that we were just visitors and we knew that. And um, I loved that swim. And so in the corral is where I did my breathing practice and I stood there and Took a minute to, uh, you know, get my feet in the sand and just feel that connection, which will really calm your energy. Earth energy is really calming. And then I'm like halfway through the practice and these, these guys, there's probably, I don't know, like there might have been like four of them or something. They came up like next to me and they were just like bumping me around. And I'm standing there. If you know yoga, I'm standing there like in mountain pose with my palms facing, you know, forward and I'm like, eyes are closed. I'm clearly doing something, but obviously they didn't see that. And they were like bumping into me and they were very loud and they were pretty crass. Um, definitely, I kind of smiled to myself because I was like, oh my gosh, here's the contrast. Like I am tapping into this calmness, which is part of my true nature. And I've got the ego times four next to me, like swearing and bumping into me. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like this is swim practice right here. So I stood there, I stood my ground and I got knocked around, not in the swim, mind you, I'm still on the sand. I'm getting knocked around and I'm just there and I'm focusing on my breath. And then after I finished and I didn't rush it, I opened my eyes and I walked away from those guys and I just moved horizontally down a little bit because we always have three choices, right? We can endure, we can engage, or we can walk away. But I wasn't going to interrupt my practice. And and I wasn't going to interrupt it because meditation and concentration are not about things outside of you being quiet and peaceful. It's about being quiet and peaceful and concentrated within the noise of life. And those gentlemen were the noise of life in that moment. So, um, but I loved the swim. I had a great swim. The mantra that came to me was um, long and calm, long and calm, long and calm, long and calm. And uh, you can hear the the big sea lions and they're barking under the pier. And um, yeah, I had, uh, I had a little bit of contact. I had one kind of really harsh kick on the top of the head. Um, it was fine. Just kept going. I got on some feet, which was great. And I had a great swim. So just to recap our swims, um, Daniel did, uh, Daniel had a 3017 swim. He was 20th in his age group coming out of the swim. Beach did a 2909. So awesome, babe. 11th in his age group. And then I did a 3423 and I was ninth 
coming out of the water in my age group. So really successful swims. And um, I think the whole team had great swims. I mean, everybody, from what I've heard, everybody's had really great, it was a really great experience in that swim course. Yeah. And it got like, you're out there, man. Like there's one point I was like, this is really deep. Like we are so far out in the ocean right now. the longest wharf, isn't it? Like the longest wharf in like, I don't know, the United States or California or something. Yeah. And it's like the oldest wharf or something like that. And, And so what you don't realize is you start on the south side of the wharf and you think you know what the end of the wharf is, but you don't because the wharf, yeah, it, it goes to, it starts to head north. It widens and then gets smaller. Yeah, it's smaller. it's awesome. So, um, and then once you hit the turn buoy, like there was chop and there was like a little bit of swell. And then I knew just like once we turned and started heading down towards the beach, like just ride, ride the ocean, like let her carry you in. So I just put it down and swam um, strong and got on some good feet and uh, let her carry me in. So it was a great swim. But I think this is a good time for you to to share one of um, our athletes' beach. Yeah, Liz, congratulations, Liz. Her first triathlon ever. And uh, it was a 70.3. So just amazing that she just jumped into this um, experience, you know, full on, um, which I don't expect anything less if you know Liz. Uh, But she was just in joy and appreciation and gratitude. Um, Never seen somebody so happy before, during, and after um, the experience. So uh, just an amazing, amazing soul. Um, But she shared some feedback. she was so stoked on her swim and how calm she felt, even when she ran into a guy who was floating. <laughs> and when a guy literally swam over, this is from her, swam over me from behind, and even when someone needed medical aid close to me. The two things that really helped me, I think, were the swims we did on Friday and Saturday. So this is when we all got together as a community up there in Santa Cruz. Um, already knowing what to expect with the temperature and all the kelp helped a lot. And the other thing that helped was the breathing exercises Jess led us through on Friday, where she had us picture or visualize race day. Thinking about towing the line at the swim in my head and practicing staying calm with the breathing was crucial for me. Even though I practice with breath every day in meditation, I don't picture myself in a place of high anxiety. So doing that is what really made a difference for me. So um, recapping, yeah, you can do meditation, you can do the breath work, but to put yourself in an anxious, unknown, uncertain experience most often doesn't happen in meditation, although it does at first if it is a new practice for you. But do the tool, uh, use the tools, practice breath control, practice awareness so that when you're in an experience that causes you to be challenged, so taking the meditation, the mindfulness out of that time you spend with yourself in the morning and bringing it into real world situations is where you begin to find more calm in your life. Um, so that's, that's super important. And then she said, also shared in the, oh, in the mantra BJ taught me too for the swim, which is this mantra that I used myself back in when we were in Newport, Rhode Island. And Jess, uh, mentioned a, a little bit earlier, um, uh, the mantra of long, strong, and calm. So every time my right hand enters the water, I say one of those. So long, strong, calm. And those are all three things that you need when you swim. And it just beams you, yourself down into the moment as your mind begins to wander or 
focus on something else, such as how deep the water is, the seals that are under the pier, are they going to come out? Who's this person in front of me? You come back to the moment. And when you're present and in the moment, you have 100% of yourself available. Uh, so that's, that's the key. So Liz, um, thank you for sharing that. I think she's been practicing getting in the waves. <laughs> Actually, she's been one of the first people to get through the waves ahead of us when we do these swims on Sunday. So she has put herself in that experience. And then we get past the waves and she needs to regroup because she understands that she needs to, to um, gather her breath and, and find calm. So she understands that getting through the waves is a temporary experience and that she'll be able to regroup um, when she gets past. So um, kudos to her. Amazing. I just want to say something um, to Liz. You know, it's been, it's been, uh, it's Wednesday. We got home like at one in the morning on Tuesday and there's just been a lot of catch up and worldly things and blah, 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 blah. And I'd be meaning to uh, comment on her post, but I'm just going to say it here. Like, I'm not sure she realizes, like, she, to, to experience this race with her uh, in our field and so authentically through the eyes of a beginner, like that beginner's mindset and a first timer, absolutely exploded the joy within me throughout the entire race. And when I saw her on the bike and when I saw her on the run um, and when I saw her after the race, like that joy just continued. And on Friday, on Saturday, like there are times where I just be like, it's getting real, Liz. She's like, oh, it's getting real, real. It's getting real, real, you know? And um, I just want to like thank her um, for showing up for this. And selfishly, it made my weekend like 10 times the experience because the reminder of that beginner's mindset is so important and the joy and just the, um, you know, just that pursuit for the finish line. It was so pure and it was so beautiful. And um, yeah, the first, there's just nothing like the first time. And it's been so long since I experienced that first Ironman. Um, so I just want to say that Liz, you were, uh, you were the joy of my weekend. So thank you. It was amazing to see her and Uday, who also yes. was the first time yes. triathlete oh as my well. God. Yes. Every time I saw them out there, both of them were just like having the time of their life. And it was just so amazing to see them and brought joy to me just, you know, seeing them be so happy at what they were doing. And then to see their finish line videos, it's just like they just like went for it at the end there. And they were just so happy um, just to come across that finish line. It's just amazing. Yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, Uday too. He was just a d bundle of joy yeah, all weekend. He was having a blast. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's um let's move into the bike. So let's um Beach, why don't you start? Yeah, bike for me I had, you know, I had expectations, but I wasn't attached. <laughs> I wanted to go after it. I knew my run form was good, so I was going to go after after the bike a little bit. And um, I love this bike course. It's just so, in my opinion, fast and just so scenic. Um, quickly, yeah, got got out of the swim, got on the bike, as and got into you know my effort as quickly as I could. Um, pretty uneventful, I would say. I did uh, want to say that I did. This is my first race where I used the right stuff. 
Um, so I use the right stuff in my uh, Goo Roctane drink. And um, man, it, it definitely made a difference. I didn't have, I really didn't have to go to the bathroom, which is one thing. You know, I usually have to go to the bathroom often uh, on the bike. Uh, but this this time I, I didn't, I didn't have that urge. And it just, I felt topped off with, with fueling. So pretty uneventful bike, got out to the turnaround. You know, I saw Chris, you know, CJ Media, uh, not uh, pretty close behind me. And then, um, then really just kind of pushed it on the way back. I think we had a breeze or, or, or winded our backs. Um, but it's tough to really hammer that section back into town without taking in all the views along the coast. It's just, ah, oh, it's so gorgeous. Um, but yeah, pushed it. I didn't have, I didn't have the, I just didn't have that gear or that push. Um, I was anticipating, but I made the best of it. And I kept saying to myself, be, be your best today, be your best today. And, uh, that bike demonstrated what I had on the day and, um, I'm grateful for it. Daniel. Yeah. I think we all have expectations, right? <laughs> so, um, and the mind tends to forget I've done this course three times now and this time it seemed harder than I remember. <laughs> um, but I, I was only about four minutes off of my goal. Um, I felt great. I felt the effort was there. My heart rate was there. Um, but I just didn't, the watts weren't there for some reason. Um, but I, I just kept, um, focused on, um, pushing as, as best I could and keep moving forward. Um, got to the turnaround and thought I'd be able to bump up the, the effort a little more, but it just like, again, like BJ said, I just, for some reason that gear wasn't there and I don't know if it's still lingering fatigue from Lake Placid or COVID or whatever, I don't know, but, um, you know, um, I'm pretty pleased with how it ended up only being four minutes off of what my goal time was. So, um, yeah, I could. I couldn't really get a mantra to stick though on the bike. Um, I tried counting. I tried what worked in Lake Placid and it just like, I couldn't, I couldn't get it to work. <laughs> so, um, I just like kept my head down as best I could and just kept trying to move forward at what I felt was a sustainable effort. Did you guys hear me give you shout outs on the bike? You guys are so focused. I, I did hear you. Yeah. 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 Right. I can't say I did. I I was like pointing at you. You looked right at me, and I'm like, he's giving me such a oh, blank yes. stare. I did see you because I was just finishing fueling, and I was thinking in my head. Just as always, like, make sure you're fueling, make sure you're fueling. <laughs> so there's, yeah, I did see you. So it was memorable, huh? Um, the mind forgets. <laughs> okay, I you know it's so funny. I feel like this is a deceivingly tough course, and I don't know why. It doesn't really make sense that it would be deceiving because I feel like I have the same experience as you guys. Like I don't. I, I could not get my heart rate up on the bike. And um, I felt like the effort was there. But um, yeah, it, I don't know. You know, I had a safe bike, which is great. My mantra was, it kind of just came in naturally because it was something that I work on every day and have the intention every day is just to, to move through this world for the good of all. Um, I uh, spent many years being very, very selfish and um, 
And so it's doing things for the good of all, uh, not just me, 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 me. But, and so that mantra came up very naturally and it just was like, for the good, for the good of all, for the good, for the good of all, for the good, for the good of all, for the good, for the good of all. And that ended up being my mantra because I, I caught myself being like, can't get my heart rate up. Like, you know, oh, maybe I should get a tri bike because people were like, why are you doing triathlon on a road bike? And, and there was these thoughts that were coming in and I was like, for the good, for the good of all. That's what you're doing. You're doing it for the good, for the good of all. And the good of all doesn't care if you're on a road bike and the good of all doesn't care if your legs are showing up and the good of all doesn't care what your heart rate is. Like do it for the good of all. Like how can you be impeccable in this moment? And so I just gave it what I had. And, um, you know, and then there's that part that's like, well, on the turnaround, there'll be a tailwind and it'll be much better. But I got the turnaround and maybe there was a tailwind, but I could not get my heart rate up. And I felt like the effort was there. But, um, and so many people, I mean, I was passed by hundreds of people on that bike, but that's normal. And I knew that I was going to reel in hundreds on the run, which I did because I think people overbiked that course like crazy. Cause you know, even though it says it's a flat course, there was 2,200 feet of climbing on that course. So you have to understand that flat doesn't mean 100 feet of climbing. Flat can mean a couple thousand feet of climbing. So there's, it's a wide range. Um, and so if you sign up for a flat course, you know, look at the, look at the course map, like know what you're getting into. Cause I heard people, people complaining about the hill and, um, the hills and, you know, it's supposed to be a flat course and, but you need to understand that a flat is a huge range and they may consider anything under 2,500 or 3,000 feet of climbing as a flat course. Cause Placid's what, like 8,000 or something like that. That's a hilly course. So, um, I enjoyed the bike. I had so much fun seeing everybody on the bike. And, uh, just to recap what we did on the bike data wise, I, um, I did a 313. So I slipped to 38th place, uh, which is not surprising. Um, Daniel did a 234. He went to 31st on the, in his age group. And Beach did a 231 and you slid down. We all slid on the bike, but that's okay. Cause we, we bike for dough and we run for show. What do we do? <laughs> no, the other way around. You bike for show, run for dough. Bike for show, run for dough. Didn't quite work out that way. To, to <laughs> no, I did it. We haven't gotten to the run yet. <laughs> nobody got a. Nobody got into the prize purse. Um, okay, let's see. We've got a couple other people we wanted to share. Uh, do you want to share something Mommy. from one of your athletes, Daniel? So one of the things I talk to them, my athletes, a lot about is like how do you translate what you learn and what in the meditation practice? How do you? How do you apply that to race day? And one of those things is mantras um, that we use in race day. And um, this is from Bobby. He had a few mantras. One he used from Jess. <clears throat> he says, be the change. Simplified it from one of the Awake Athlete podcasts. Used it during my swim and run training to push harder and used it during the race. If I want to be more than a cyclist, I have to, quote, be the change and be a swimmer and runner. If I don't work to change those, I will stay the same old swimmer and runner. He also had one from Chris CJ that he used. Counting my breaths was one of the few things that kept me moving in the final miles. Counted 1 to 50 over and over 
because I didn't have the mental energy to count higher. <laughs> um, and then he, he added something about training, uh, which I love because we, we do so much on feel. Um, he said, my heart rate monitor failed. Um, and so many people, you know, and that's one of the things we talk about. It's like, you're not always going to have the data. So if, you know, your watch doesn't work or heart rate fails or, you know, your power meter fails, what are you going to do if you haven't trained for it? So he says, my heart rate monitor failed on the run and Daniel had me doing enough by feel during training that I felt comfortable racing without it. So, yeah. That's immense. Like that's everything being able to, to tap into feel and feel comes from having a confidence and awareness of who you are. Right. It's so easy to let something like that derail your entire race. I remember a couple of years ago, uh, my watch stopped during a run and I was like, <gasps> it was like panic set in. I was like, what do I do? <laughs> it's like, like you can't run without the watch. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah. I love that. Yeah. We just, they're gadgets. It's information. It's good information to have, but who are you without that information? You know, can you pull upon the feel and you've experienced this, Daniel, I know you have two Jess, but we do, you know, some sets where we're like, here's 10 intervals. We're going to do the first five with a watch and the next five without and try to match up the same time based on feel. And that's a good practice to get into. Um, for when instances like this happen, uh, that Bobby experienced you able to navigate it, um, with more ease and calm and not so much, uh, derailing your day. Um, all right, should we get into the, the run? Yeah. This, the run definitely, well, let's start with you, Jess. Let's, let's dive into what your run experience was like. Okay. <clears throat> My run experience. I had a couple thoughts on the bike as I was pushing on the way back, like, am I going to be able to run? Because the feel was definitely like a Z4 feel on the bike, even though, again, like the data wasn't representing that. So I have to just go with feel and just let go of the data. And I got off the bike and actually felt really good on the run. And so, um, and of course, like when you have 19 people on the team racing, you've also got a ton of spectators and supporters that know you. So that was wonderful. And, um, and shout out to the unicorn who we have, uh, realized is our, is our friend Jacqueline, the unicorn at the first aid station on the run. Cause somebody was like, yeah, good work, Jess. And then, BJ said the same thing, and we were like, who was that? BJ's like, they had a unicorn outfit on. Um, but anyway, thank you to all the spectators who knew us by name. And um, yeah, the run was, uh, you know, it's always exciting because I knew I was going to see all these top guys, BJ and Daniel and Bobby and Chris and all these guys coming in. So, you know, I'm looking out for that to give them shout outs and love, love, love the run course all along the, um, the coast. So beautiful. And then you go inland a little bit and we had ridden the ridden the run course on Friday. So that's a great practice to get into. So I knew what was coming and we had beautiful weather on the bike. It was overcast. Uh, it was perfect temperature. It wasn't cold. It wasn't hot, but you could also feel that there was some heat that was looming and getting ready to be released. And that happened about when I hit the ranch, Wilder Ranch. So you do about maybe a mile and a half, two miles on dirt in uh, on these trails that go overlook the, that are on this bluff that overlook the ocean. And it's gorgeous. And I started to get slow out there. And, um, 
And my pace went from like 9.30s to like 10. And it was like every time I looked at my watch, it was like 10.14, 10.14, 10.14. And I'm like, oh, and I was like trying to pick it up, but my legs were just so heavy out there and the heat was coming out. Um, and then, uh, yeah, um, something happened at mile 10 and I just felt so good. So I was able to push the last 5K, which was, it made no sense. And it was awesome. And I embraced it and I pushed as hard as I could to the finish. And whoever it was that um, gave me a shout out on the run too, guys, I don't know if they'll listen to this, but I, I wonder if they do listen to the podcast because I didn't recognize this person, but they obviously recognized the Yogi Triathlete kit and they were just, they said something, it was a gentleman and he said something to me like, yeah, I just went vegan or yeah, vegan or something like that. And I was like, yes. So um, that just pumps me up because I'm like, they must have recognized the elephant. Uh, so we love those things, you guys. When you see us out there and you give us some love, we'll give it right back. Yeah, so thank you to that guy that boosted my energy for sure. And then, of course, I saw Uday, who oh, I was coming out of Wilder Ranch and he was going in and he was, you know, like smiles. I did notice something that I haven't experienced um, notably in a while is that my face hurts so bad from smiling. Like really, just before mile 10, I was like, oh my God, I'm in so much pain. And I remember that from early on in our triathlon days when we had a huge community and we would be out there racing, doing Ironman, there'd be a bunch of us on the course, that my face would hurt so much. And so thank you to everyone because my face was inc was more painful than anything on my body. And it was from uh, it was from smiling. So, yeah, so... Um, you look like you're having a blast out there as well. I so, was. And everybody that I talked to after that was spectating were like, oh my God, Jess just was having so much fun. <laughs> yeah, I was. I really was. I really was. I really had a good time. I really enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, my, uh, do I have a mantra on the run? I think I just kept going back to the, um, to the, you know, this idea, this intention of doing things for the good of all. And, you know, if I could just lean into the moment, then I would be my best. And that was the energy that I was offering the world in that moment. And when we can do that, we are doing things for the good of all. So, um, yeah, really enjoyed it. I did have a blast. I'm glad that was um, reflected by others and that people noticed that. And yeah, I mean, I don't think my face is recovered because it actually hurts right now. Uh, I think those muscles got a little strained a little bit. But yeah, so I ended up with, um, you know, what did I do? I don't know two, my glasses on. I did a 2.11. Um, you know, I always like, I like to go sub six and sub two. Um, and so whatever, that's what I like. And I didn't do it. So what does that mean? It doesn't really mean anything. It means that I had a great time and that matters more to me than, um, than time. So I ended up running a 2.11 and I, that was good enough for 16th. Uh, fastest run in my age group, and I ended up 22nd place um, in the women 50 to 54. So uh, thank you, ladies, for the good competition. And uh, Beej, I'll pass it on to you. Yeah, I definitely, well, congratulations. That was an awesome job. I know your return to triathlon this year. It's so fun to see you racing. We haven't raced together in a while. Raced the triathlon together in a while. We did Mendocino 50K together earlier this year, but um, to be actually be on the triathlon course, she's been pulling support role for the past, uh, I don't know how many years <laughs> for me, but it's just good to be out there racing with you. 
Uh, I definitely went into this run with some good run fitness, good run form, some evidence, if you want to call it that, um, in the data that uh, I was trending toward a really, really strong run. And what came out on race day was not that. And that's okay. Um, I've been through this way too many times to get super um, upset or super like attached to how it has to go. Uh, my approach to it was I'm just so excited and curious to see what's going to happen on the run. Um, and playing in that place of the unknown. And that allowed me to kind of push the bike um, as best I could without blowing up and see what happens. So I got into transition and got in and out as soon as I could, uh, this time carrying a, um, a handheld, um, I think a 16-ounce handheld soft bottle, about that, with um, the right stuff and uh, just one scoop of the Goo Roctane. I was trying something a little bit different and took that in for the first 10 miles, uh, in addition to everything else that I was using on the course, which, as you know, I take in cola. So I took in cola at every aid station, plus a coffee liquid gel from Goo Roctane, which was awesome, tasted really good. Um, but uh, yeah, I knew right away I got out, got up that hill and was working to get into my race pace, looked down at my watch for the first two miles, and it wasn't matching the pace that I was expecting. So doing that, meaning looking at my watch, wasn't helping me. So I immediately said, I'm not looking at my watch anymore. Right there, it was like, I'm just going to run, as I share so many times, I'm just going to run as fast as I can in the moment, and that's enough, because I knew that I was pushing as hard as I could. So I was surging often, surging often um, the pace just to make sure I was running as hard as I could. And I think I shared this with Daniel this morning. I got to, I don't know, three or four miles in and I was like, it's okay if I walk. It's okay if I walk this race. Like, it's just, you know, it's not my day on the run. And that lasted for about five seconds. And I quickly shifted to, I am not walking at all today. I'm not going to walk any of the aid stations. I'm going to continue to move as quickly as I can uh, through them, pouring water on my head, shooting down the Coke and taking in the water uh, as quickly as possible. And I'm glad I did that because at around mile seven-ish or whenever we entered, was it six? No, actually earlier than that, when we entered Wilder Ranch, things started to click. So mile five. And I just click meaning I began to feel that I could run uh, like I was running, and then that was short-lived. That lasted about two miles, <laughs> and then it quickly returned to like, what is happening? Uh, but it was just so much fun. I had one short thought and memory of like, last time I ran this, I was in this trail, and I was running so fast and passing people, and then this experience on Sunday where people were passing me. So this is the very reason why you need to Understand that thoughts and beliefs most often stem from something that's happened in the past, and we need to allow that to remain in the past and pull upon the power of presence. And so I kept coming back to my mantra was, I am calm, I am light, I am calm, I am light. Um, and also, uh, move the earth away, move the earth away, something Lawrence had instilled in us um, during our bodywork sessions Um think about moving the earth away. So I just kept thinking about that. Um, and then seeing all the, the team out there really, you know, 
fueled my desire to get to the finish line quicker. So yeah, I, I pulled it together. I was able to run as best I could on the day. Again, I was determined to be my best on the day. My best, not not my best from years ago in the glory days, not my best of where I'm going to go in the future, not my best compared to somebody else. I was just going to be my best for myself on this day because that's all that really mattered. Um, and saw a little bit of uh, a little bit of um, happiness came when I saw the coach of joy out there with our with our friend Norb, who was taking care of Clark. Uh, Norbert was taking care of Clark for the day, and he was about a mile out from the finish. And so good to see Clark, although he really doesn't care, as you've come to find out if you heard us heard my experience at Ironman St. George earlier this year. He cared when he saw me. Yeah, and actually, I said that to Norb. I said he probably, you know, <laughs> was excited to see Jess. He just is ambivalent when he sees <laughs> so he me. Tried to run after me. Um, but yeah, I ran the best I could. Uh, I knew it wasn't my day, but you know, this is why you race. This is why you keep coming back. Um, so I ran a 140, uh, fifth, best for 15th um, fastest run, and uh, finished 13th in my age group. Um, not my best, not my worst. Um, I did my best on the day, and it just fuels me for the next three races that I have uh, to go this year. So pretty, pretty happy. Um, Daniel, fill us in on your run. Definitely not my best. <laughs> not my best on that course, and not my best half marathon this year. So, um, and I had a similar experience that Jess had on that trail. I was expecting to, to get energized on that trail, and it just like sucked the life out of me for some reason. <laughs> um, but I felt great up until that trail. Like getting off the bike, I felt great. I mean, but I could not get under an eight minute pace for some reason. I just. <laughs> And my power, I mean, looking at the power afterwards, I mean, my power was lower than Oregon and it was lower than Lake Placid, which is a full. So something happened and I just could not, I just could not get under eight minute pace. Um, but I felt great. I never had the thoughts that I wanted to quit. I never had the thoughts that I was going to walk. Just felt great. The trail kind of like, that's where my pace kind of dropped a little. <clears throat> Going through the trail just kind of sucked the life out of me. But coming out of the trail, you do that big climb out. And at that point, it was getting really hot. <laughs> I was like, ooh, this is, this is challenging now. But, um, once you get out of that hill, um, it felt pretty quick, um, coming back to the coast. Um, and then the, the thought I had was, okay, the last 5k I'm just gonna like leave it all out there uh got to that point and nothing happened <laughs> 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 I just could not increase the pace for some reason um until about the last mile I had some guy pass me I mean I felt like I was being passed by hundreds of people on the bike and the run it just was weird and then the last mile some guy passed me and he looked like he was in my age group so I'm like okay I'm going to stick on his heels as long as I can. And I just like increased the effort and just stuck on his heels and my heart rate, my breathing was going up. And I was like, okay. And then like we got to, I stayed with him like, you know, I don't know, 20 feet of him. And then about half, half a mile till the finish line, I'm like, I got to pass this guy. And I just laid it down and just ran as hard as I could to that finish line. 
and passed him. And then one other guy was in front of him as we hit that downhill to the sand. And I just bombed that downhill as fast as I could. <laughs> I'm so glad I did not get injured because that turn was so sharp. And then, yeah, the guy was like, I passed the guy and he was still like, he was right on my heels. Like he like came with me and I was like, oh, but I crossed the finish line in front of those two. So that was, that was great. But yeah, that was my experience. And what was I? 152, I think it was 36 in my age group. Yeah. And then you ended up, what were you overall? 27th in your age group. So Beach was 13th, I was 22nd, you were 27th. And yeah, that just word to the wise peeps uh, for future running of that race, that corner at the bottom of the hill before you hit the finish shoot is so sharp. And I was hearing a lot of, um, a lot of like blah, blah, blah about this big beach finish. It's like it's 20 yards. Yeah, it's it's like nothing. It's nothing. It's so, you come off the thing, you take like 10 steps in the sand yeah. and then you're through the finish line. It's fine. The first year, it was actually a beach finish where you went, you went into the sand, you went under the wharf and you went to where the swim start was. Oh, that's a beach finish. I don't know why they changed it. Well, it was amazing. I was hearing a few complaints about the beach finish, yeah. so I can only imagine Especially what the feedback down was. That hill so fast, and then people hit that sand going that fast, and it's like wobble wobble, or, yeah, or face plant into yeah. the sand. It's a great, it's a great course, and even just talking and smacking this down is like getting me so excited in my head. I was like, oh, maybe we'll do it again next year. Oh, maybe I will do a full. Oh, maybe. Yeah. But you know, before you hit that registration button, make sure that you're going to let your yes be yes take that into consideration before you just get trigger happy. Um, and then I want to share one more piece of feedback from uh, another athlete that coaches with Daniel. His name is Kyle. And so his mantra was, I am calm, I am strong. And he also used, let's go, let's go Jesse, because she was the girl that he was racing in memory of. So those are beautiful mantras. Let's go, Jesse. And I am calm. I am strong. Um, I think the main key to my race was the calmness brought in by proper training and feeling ready. Proper pre-race prep, like swimming with you all in the waves in Carlsbad. So Kyle actually came out here for a weekend to train in the ocean and um, to train with us. That was super smart along with the daily breathing, meditation, and visualization. It allowed me to get eight hours of sleep the night before the race and also helped him with the added stressors of anxiety, um, of just, you know, racing. And so, um, you know, I don't think we mentioned it yet, but we, I, BJ built me a beautiful website, awakeathlete.com, and there are 10 meditations on that on the website available to you guys for free. So go on there. There's a whole bunch of different kinds. Um, and there's also included in that is a 35-minute long course triathlon visualization. So check that out. I did it the day before the race. And it was funny because I did it the bef day before the race as we were lying down to take a nap. 
And I fell asleep towards the end. And then when I woke up, I thought it was race day, remember? And I was like, my alarm didn't go off. It's race day. We slept in. But it was because I was visualizing the race before I fell asleep. And there's some really cool science around visualization. And I touch upon that at the beginning of that meditation. So definitely check it out, awakeathlete.com. I think that's it, guys. We should probably wrap it up. Any final words about this course or anything that you want to share with the audience? I just wanted to say congratulations to everybody that made their goal or didn't meet their goal. Um, it's amazing to see the ones that did not meet their goal detach from it so quickly and move on. And it's like, it's that mindset. So congratulations, everybody. What a great weekend. Yeah, am- amazing. There's got to be a better word for that. Spectacular. Um, fulfilling weekend up there in Santa Cruz. And I want, I want more of that. I want more of that community togetherness, um, meeting athletes in person, meeting them for the first time, um, grabbing coffee, of course, and exploring the town and, and navigating, navigating race day and, and all the, the meetups and just the energy that, that surrounds us all when we're together. Um, there's something about community. And, you know, again, not to harp on this, but after two years of, of like being isolated or, or the, the directive was more isolation in order to, to let whatever was happening in the world work itself out. Now that we're back into community, it's really powerful. It's really powerful to have human connection. And so, we do a lot with this podcast and with bringing VPA and Yogi Triathlete together, but I think getting together in these experiences in person at, at, a, at an environment that encourages going above and beyond what you think is possible is, is, um, is a sweet spot. So yeah, I'm looking forward to our next adventure. I can't wait. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this SmackDown. If we left anything on the table for you, you have more questions or curiosities. Um, you know, I used the same one thing I didn't talk about was nutrition. I used the same nutrition I did for Oregon. I took in a little bit more, averaged a little over 300 calories an hour. But the game changer is that right stuff. It's really, I don't feel the fatigue later in the late stages of the run. So check that out and check out our SmackDown from Oregon for more detailed uh, insight into the nutrition and um yeah thanks for joining us daniel bj appreciate you guys being here see ya